Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first full-length episode of Endurance Minded. Uh, I'm so excited to get this podcast off the ground. Even more excited about my first guest. I kicked things off with a good friend of mine, Ben Rosario. Ben's been involved in running in nearly every capacity, from being an athlete to a race director. He's been a running store owner. He's currently the owner and head coach of the Hoka NAZ Elite Professional Running Team that's based in Flagstaff, Arizona. During our conversation, we covered everything from Ben's background as an athlete and his personal thoughts on motivation and balancing life and training to his experience working with professional distance runners. I talked to him about what it is that keeps athletes at the highest levels motivated and driven season after season, despite the extreme highs and lows that often accompany endurance sports. We talked about the importance of what Ben calls optimistically realistic expectations for training and racing and how proper goal setting is the key to managing the often stressful scenarios we find ourselves in during training and racing. I also asked him about his opinion on whether or not there's any particular trait athletes can focus on developing as it relates to their longevity and endurance sports. We both arrived at the same answer and I think it'll probably surprise you. This was an awesome conversation with one of the most well-respected coaches in the sport of running. His insight and perspective is second to none, and I think there's a lot of takeaways for athletes at all levels. If you're interested in more information on these topics, you can always check out the resources at TEC. That's thomasendurancecoaching.com, where our blog has all kinds of information on everything from the emotional and psychological impacts of training, as well as the performance-related metrics. You can also check out the website if you're interested in talking with a coach one-on-one about how to better define and prepare for your goals. We'd love to hear from you there. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy my chat with Ben Rosario. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Endurance Minded. Uh, This is episode number one. Really excited to kick things off Uh, on the show today for our first guest. We have a longtime friend of mine, uh, Ben Rosario, um, who is... uh, uh, runner, uh, professional running coach to, uh, to professional runners, uh, among a variety of other things. And, uh, I'll let him, uh, tell you guys a little bit more about himself, but, um, Hey Ben, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm really stoked to, uh, to be kicking things off with you. Um, like I said, uh, you and I have known each other for a long time and I really value, uh, your your kind of take on endurance sports, and you've you've held a lot of different positions in the sport uh, on the athlete side, on the coach side, uh, on the specialty running side of things. So you've you've had uh, kind of touched all aspects of it, which I think is uh, is really cool, and I think gives you a really unique um, perspective on uh, some of the things that we we want to get into with endurance minded, uh, kind of the the mental side of things as it relates to athletes. So. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't try to introduce you. Uh, so maybe you just, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we can we can kick it off. Uh, start from there. Sure. Yeah, like you said, I've I've done a little bit of everything. I had a background similar to many runners, where I ran in high school, and then I, I ran in college, and then I ran post collegiately at. Uh, up in Michigan for the Hanson's Brooks Distance Project team. So if you're listening and you're not familiar with that team, it's the uh, group that produced Des Linden, who won the Boston Marathon uh, a couple of years ago. So I ran for that group from 2003 to 2005. And then I moved back to my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri 
in 2000, well, I guess summer of 2005, after two years in Michigan. And soon thereafter, 2006, opened a running store, specialty running store with a good friend of mine, Matt Helbig. The store was called Big River Running Company. And so for the next six years, my, my life was a complete whirlwind. I, I owned those uh, stores. We eventually had three locations in the St. Louis area, completely independent. So we did everything ourselves from scratch. Um, we, in addition to the stores, began a race management company. So we timed races all over the St. Louis area and actually all over the Midwest. We also put on a number of events ourselves, so I got that experience. Uh, we actually hosted the U.S. Cross Country Championships in St. Louis for a couple of years. We hosted uh, a big charity track meet uh, called the Festival of Miles that was quite unique, that we're very proud of, and, and uh, that was part of our uh, big river group of events, I guess, that we hosted, uh, although that one, again, uh, was a charity event, so kind of a special thing that we did there. Um, but after six years, my wife and I and our one-year-old daughter at the time moved to Flagstaff, Arizona, not because there was anything wrong with St. Louis, but because we were just kind of fried. Um, stores were doing great, and they're still doing great, actually, uh, all these years later. But um, I think for me, that, that part of my life had, had run its course, and so moved to Flagstaff, which is a beautiful area and sort of the mecca for running in, in the United States, in my opinion. Uh, but we didn't come here with, with any specific plan. Uh, the first year that we were here, like I said, we were just looking to get away and, and, and do something different. And so the first year I did some marketing for uh, an online coaching company, Macmillan Running Company, a very successful business. Uh, but but that, was, that was temporary as it turned out because, you know, it was just, uh, it was just kind of finding – what the next step was going to be for, for me. And then in 2014, my wife and I decided to sort of get rid of all the little side projects we were working on and commit ourselves to starting a professional running team here in Flagstaff. And we called that team Northern Arizona Elite. Uh, and the first year we funded it ourselves. But then in 2015, after uh, a considerable amount of, of uh, negotiation, we were able to come to an agreement with Hoka Oneone, and so we became Hoka NAZ Elite in uh, February of 2015, and we've been with them ever since. They're our title sponsor. We've had uh, we've been fortunate enough to have quite a bit of success in in the running world. If if you're not familiar with us, some of our top athletes are. Scott Fauble, who just ran 209 at the Boston Marathon, was seventh place. He was also seventh at the New York City Marathon. Stephanie Bruce, who's won a couple of national titles for us and is one of the top uh, U.S. distance runners on the female side. Kellen Taylor, who's one of the top 10 U.S. marathoners of all time. She's run 224. Uh, Alephine Toliamuk, who's won nine national titles and uh, has run 226 for the marathon. And then we've signed a bunch of uh, young athletes recently, uh, right out of college. Alice Wright, from Mexico, who was a huge stud in the NCAA system. Matt Baxter from NAU, who helped them win three national titles. Roy Linkletter, who was part of the BYU dynasty recently. And uh, and then we still have some of our great veterans, like Scott Smith, who's run 212. Uh, ben Bruce is sort of a player coach for us, and he's had an outstanding career. So we've got a really... Uh, Really deep, talented, committed group of group of people who um, were very 
uh, <laughs> very wonderful to work with. I, I feel very fortunate, and that's that's what I'm currently doing. So hopefully that that brought you up to speed. <clears throat> you guys are you guys are crushing it. Um, you know, I think <laughs> you uh, you you were pretty modest. Uh, I think about uh, you, you know your your role and in, in the whole thing and uh, and your your team's uh, success. But being a, a bystander, uh, a running fan, uh, a friend of yours, uh, it, yeah, it goes without saying. I think anybody who's followed you guys' trajectory um, would uh, it would be an, impossible to uh, to to contest that uh, you guys have absolutely uh destroyed it <laughs> you guys are are crushing it it's been uh, it's been super super cool to watch uh both uh yeah you uh you know from a business owner perspective which is something i also really uh admire about you i know one of the things we always uh connect on um but yeah just as a coach and and your perspective uh on working with athletes at at the highest level uh i think is uh is really really cool. And I, and again, that's, I think that's one of the things that'll, uh, other than the fact that, uh, that, that I value your opinion on things. I think that's one of the reasons, uh, I wanted to, 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 to bring you on, um, as our, as our first guest, because I think you, I think that insight uh, will be really valuable, uh, for kind of some of the stuff we're trying to, trying to get at. Um, so I, I think, I really want to, I want to get into, uh, you know, talking about professional athletes and, and kind of how that looks and feels from your perspective, uh, as it relates to, uh, things like motivation and, and drive and, uh, resiliency and, uh, and their passion for the sport and things. But I, I think one of the things that, uh, that I think we almost kind of have to talk about first is, um, is your experience uh, as an athlete. So like you said, you raced for the Hansons group, um, which is a very high level uh, running uh, team post-collegiately. And um, yeah, I was, you know, I, I think it's important probably to, uh, I have to imagine that informed um, like it does many coaches, but, but specifically you running at a very high level when you were younger and then moving on, uh, going on to coach professional athletes, uh, professional distance runners, uh, I have to imagine that that informed, you know, to some extent or maybe a large extent, you can tell us uh, kind of how you how you approach things. But maybe starting, I, I, you know, I think I was curious your thoughts on, you know, when you transition from collegiate running to to the Hansons team and, you know, basically your uh, your job, right. Was, was to train. Uh, I know you were doing some other things then. And, uh, you know, I think, I think you were working, especially running, but, but correct me if I'm wrong. Ultimately you were, you know, primarily running and that was your, your, what took up the majority of your time was your primary responsibility. You, you know, is that, is that, did that inform how you thought about running, you know, and, and training, you know, and uh, cause I think it's, you know, we have, you know, there's a mixed audience, no doubt, you know, age group athletes, people that, you know, have very, very committed responsibilities and kind of the life side of things, the, you know, family side of things, and they're trying to fit in these, these aggressive goals. And so time, you know, is, is valuable as it is to all of us. But yeah, you know, can you maybe just, I'd be interested to get your take on kind of what that felt like and how you went through kind of the training aspect, you know, day to day, and if that felt any different than, you know, when you've, as you've gotten older and, you know, you're not a professional runner and, you know, you're just trying to get out for a run, right? Like, is there a difference or is it, 
you know, does it feel the same no matter what position you're in? Well, I, th I think my experience at Hanson's was a little closer probably to folks who are out there, whether it's cycling or running or triathlon, uh, and, and, and they're not professional athletes and they're working their passion, which is their, their endurance sport around their job. It's probably more similar again to what I experienced there as opposed to what some of the athletes here experienced because I wasn't at the highest level by any means. So yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't make a salary off of running. I did get a lot of benefits and the Hansons took care of me very well for someone of my limited ability level uh, in terms of providing housing and, and benefits and flying me all over the country to do all these races. And I'm very grateful. Uh, but yes, I had to work in their running stores. Actually, the first year I was there, I waited tables. And then the second year I was there, I worked in their running stores. And so, yeah, I had a job, you know, uh, and I had to go to work right after I ran. And then I had to run again when I got home from work. And um, I, even after I left Hanson's, I had that same sort of experience because the first year when I got back to St. Louis, I worked for the St. Louis Marathon kind of skipped over that in my little intro, but that was an important year for me because I learned a lot about events and event management, but I very much had to work around uh, my job, you know, in terms of my running, because I still was trying to run at a very high level um, that year. And I, and I did actually run pretty well that year. And my life was so structured, you know, I woke up at six, I ran, showered, ate, went to work, uh, worked till four or five, got home, ran again, showered, ate, went to bed. And uh, in some ways, it was nice because running was not only something I was very passionate about, but it was a nice release from work. And so I hope that's what it is for folks. I, I do see uh, a lot of people struggle because they're so passionate about running or biking or triathlon or whatever it might be uh, in the endurance space. They're so passionate about it that it, it, it can become a stressor for them. And, and I think it's important to step back and realize, hey, this is a privilege. You know, this is the fun part. This is, should be, should be the fun part of your day. And so I try to encourage people to do that, but I, I certainly wasn't always great at it. Uh, I, I'm telling you in retrospect <laughs> that I should have, right. uh, should, yeah. should have been better at this, you know? Uh, but you know, we take it all very seriously and, and it's just trying to balance that seriousness with, uh, keeping it, uh, fun and keeping it as a positive in your life. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an interesting point that, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I, I see that a lot too. And I mean, I, you know, I think we've all, any, any athlete at any capacity or level, I think has dealt with that, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> at some point is this that, you know, you are driven and motivated, you know, intrinsically or internally by these things you're passionate about, but you try to, you know, weave them into your <laughs> other other things you have going on and, you know, it gets, it gets hard, you know, and I, I think that's, you know, that's one of the things when I, when I talk to folks is it's the hardest thing uh, I, I think that people may, you know, realistically, you know, managing the, <clears throat> the training volume, uh, you know, the training load, training stress. I mean, however we quantify those things, you know, I think uh, as long as you're not going out and killing yourself, you know, and you're, you're following, you know, an appropriate training strategy, uh, you know, that, that is, that's kind of the enjoyable part, right? It's the, it's the stuff like, you know, internally and like mental, you know, that manifests itself, right? Like, are you doing enough? Are you, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, are you balancing it right? Are you doing all you can? And, 
you know, yeah, I think, you know, so what, like, and, and I know just cause I know you so well, personally, I know you're a, you know, extremely driven person, but you know, did when you were, when you were running, you know, or, or, and trying to, to run at, you know, a relatively high level, certainly much higher than, you know, most folks will, will ever get, um, or the general population, you know, did you, like, were you so focused that you, you just kind of like went about your business and that was, that's just what it took. So you didn't question it or were there, you know, days, weeks, months when you're just like doubted it and wondered if it was, uh, you know, when you're in the heat of it, right. I obviously like once you got out of it or, you know, started to shift your focus, I'm sure it was easier to make those decisions, but yeah, like, you know, from your, from your perspective, you know, if you can remember, uh, what that was like, like, I, I just, I'm always curious, like, you know, what's like the, the day-to-day driver, right? Like what gets you out of bed? Uh, and do you feel, you know, did it, was it work, right? Was it a grind or would you, were you able to find, like you said earlier, like, were you able to find that kind of like home base was your passion for it and it was a privilege and you were excited for it, you know, generally? I think it ebbs and flows. You know, I think that I definitely loved it. It was a dream dream situation for me. And so I never dreaded workouts or, or um, even runs, you know. I mean, obviously there's some runs you get up and you're like, oh, gosh. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there were probably times when I let it consume me too much. Um mm. There were probably times that I uh, let myself get into a negative cycle, you know, where one or two workouts went poorly and then, you know, that affected my mood and and then my mood affected my physical, um, (laughs) the physical side of things and then the physical side of things made my mood even worse. You know what I mean? And it just, it just spirals downward, you know, and, um. And I had I had different times where obviously I was spiraling in the right direction too. But I, I think I did have, and maybe I explained it just now. But I, I think I did have high highs and low lows, and I think that mm. was a pro- a problem for me. Um, I actually think that I got better at that when I came back to St. Louis because I didn't really have time to overanalyze my workouts. Um, right. I worked out and then I went to work, you know, and then I was yeah. working. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that work was, uh, you know, it's more, it was more challenging, whether it was at the marathon or whether it was um, eventually running the stores, uh, owning and operating the stores. Um, you know, running was, and I said I said this a bit ago, but then running did become more of a release for me, you know, and less of a job. And for me, that was actually a good thing. And, and I think I had some of the best races of my life, actually, uh, between 2005, I would say, and 2008 or nine. Um, and after that, the stores just became too much and, and my body was breaking down a little bit because I really wasn't taking care of myself in the way that you should, uh, if you're training at a high level. And then I, I kind of got out of it then at, at 29 or 30, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully I answered some of those questions. It's not an yeah. easy, it's not an easy answer because, um, you know, you would be lying if, if you said you nailed it, but you would be lying if you said you were terrible too. I mean, I think we all have periods of time where, where we're clicking and firing on all cylinders. And then we have periods of time where we let some of these things that are negative get the best of us. And, and I'm no different. Right. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's, that's something that I, I, I think is really, 
important, you know, and I always try to stress with, you know, folks I'm talking to or whatever is that, you know, I, there's, I think there, there's oftentimes a misconception that, you know, if like the training is written appropriately, or if you have the right workouts, or if you, you know, if you're prepared, if you did the right work, you know, ahead of time, you have the right foundation, whatever it is that like, it's, it's just going to go smoothly, right. That you're just going to wake up and you're going to be firing all cylinders and, you know, shit's going to feel great. And, uh, you know, and it's just not the case, right? Like you things, it's just, I think you have to like go into it, like go into your sport, right. Go into the pursuit of your, your collective goals or your, you know, collective kind of time in the sport with this really kind of fluid idea of, of what that process is going to look like. Right. And it, and it like, it has to ebb and flow. And I think even to like a larger extent, or maybe more specifically, you, you have to enjoy that, that component of it, right. Like you have to, to feed off of your lows and you have to feed off of your highs. Right. Cause if you're only looking for the highs, that's a pretty, it's a pretty negative loop to get stuck in. Right. Like, cause you're going to have lows. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I just, I know that I see, and, you know, I don't know how much I'm sure I think every, you know, it's a human condition. I'm, you know, I don't think it matters at what level you train, but, you know, you get stuck in these, like, yeah, just these negative loops where you, you're, yeah, you know, you're looking for the highs and it's just not the time, right? Like you have to go through the lows. um, And I think that's just part of the process, right? And you have to enjoy that, that process or, or it's, it's just going to be a really hard road. You know, I just think it's going to be a really kind of uphill grind versus, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just, well, think you that just, happens. you just have to, you just have to keep, you have to stay closer to an equilibrium. You can't let the highs right. get too high. You can't get the lows, let the lows get too low. And usually it's, it's not your body that causes that. It's your mind overanalyzing things one way or another. And right. so you have to be cognizant of that fact, that possibility, and take a very pragmatic approach to um, where running or anything is in your life. You know what 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 part uh, what role that that plays in your life, and realize that it's it's simply a part of your life. You know, it's not you can't let it become your whole life. Um, you have family, right. you have friends, you have. Uh, your work, et cetera. And those things have to have a place in your life too. And so, yeah, it's just, just, just trying to, trying to maintain an equilibrium, trying to step outside of yourself and essentially give yourself the advice you would give other people. You know, that, that's right. one of the things I go back to a lot of times. If I see someone uh, that's getting a little bit too emotional about their training, even at the professional level, Hey, what would you tell someone else to do? You know, Oh um, yeah, 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 right. You know, they yeah. they know the, 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 you probably know what the answer is. It's just hard right. to step back and step out of yourself, step yeah. outside of yourself. But that's what you have to do. And and yeah. um, I have to I have to give myself yeah. that advice all the time. You know, like I, oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, like my, you know, uh, you know, people I'm close to are like, what, you know, what, what would you tell athletes that you work with? And I'm like, oh, you know, damn, yeah. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah, you, you caught me. Like, uh, all right. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, I just, yeah, no, that's, I think that's, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's exactly kind of how I think about it, right? I think that equilibrium and you, 
you can't let those lows or, or highs like, like spiral, you know, you have to kind of find your home base. And, um, we've talked a lot about it, like with, uh, with the coaching group it is like, you know, you have to like come back to your, your why, right. This kind of existential, yeah. you know, home base of like, yeah, you know, like what's, yeah. Okay. So I had a bad workout or a, or a, a bad week or month or, you know, whatever, like, uh, you know, but is my home base still the same, right? Like is my like cornerstone, that why still still the same and is it is it still true you know do i still find value in that and if that's the case i think that helps you kind of ride that wave too right like you you know is it something you're passionate about is it make you a better you know husband or wife does it make you a better you know better at your job is it you know i mean i think there's all these things that you know endurance sports has the the capabilities to to facilitate right it's not just about fitness it's about you know a lot more than that so um so you, we kind of talked about while we we're talking about you know low, low lows. Um, one of the things that I think is really maybe most interesting or or compelling uh, about uh, about elite or in your case professional athletes is is there you know they they have this uh, what from my perspective uh, they have this kind of really high resiliency specifically after or as it relates to poor performance right so like a bad workout or maybe even a heightened version of that would be uh, a poor race performance right and and you know i think one of the things outside of that group of people or outside of these you know hyper uh, hyper focused you know hyper motivated group of folks you know, we, we see, um, say, age group athletes or, or whatever, you know, for instance, you know, they get, they tend to, you see, I see it so often, like they spiral into this kind of dark hole after, mm -hmm. you know, one bad race, right? Like they build, 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 and they put all their eggs in this one basket, right? This like one race that's, you know, 16 weeks out and they follow a training plan and they're, they're super focused. And then, you know, like it's dynamic, right? Who knows what happens? right? The body is dynamic. Race day is dynamic. Your emotions, your mental capabilities and, and what, you know, what went into building up to that day. Um, you know, and, and I've seen it happen, unfortunately, where, you know, that spiral just, it takes them out of the sport, right? Like one, one bad day, um, uh, or group of days, you know, really just causes the spin out and this kind of, you know, series of negative habits and, and patterns. And, so I, I, I'm interested in, because you're, you know, working daily with, with professional athletes. And, and again, from my perspective, and I know that everybody has bad days, but I've also, because I follow you and I follow your team and, the, and your runners, I know that not every race has gone like you wanted it to, right? But, but yet you have this incredible, you know, group of runners with an incredible, uh, you know, uh, series of, of races or, or, you know, uh, events that they've done really, really well in. So I just, you know, I'm, what do you, what do you think it is or, you know, or group of things, uh, that allows, you know, athletes at that level or, or, you know, any athlete to stay focused kind of season after season, right? Cause I, like some of, you know, I, I know again, just because I'm, you know, following the sport, like, you know, some of your athletes and, and professional athletes in general, like 
several seasons, right, to get where they want to be, right? Like they, mm-hmm. you know, you have a goal and that didn't go as planned. And like, that's it, right? The season's over. So you got to regroup, right? Or take like the, you know, the trials, right? Like going to the Olympics, like what a huge runway, right? To refocus, rebuild, and you get one day, right? And so to, to keep that level of focus and, you know, and that's the, for me, like that's a hundred percent, that's like, that's the mental piece, right? Of course, like the training can be periodized and you get all that nailed down, but like, yeah, like what do you think it is that, that, that allows or keeps those athletes focused specifically after things just seemingly fall apart right like after they have such a shitty day uh or or training block right again or you know series of days like what like how do they come back you know and like how do they stay focused and not spiral out of control um well a lot of it is proper goal setting in the first place you know so this this right. question is can, can go can go a lot of or the answer to this question can go a lot of different ways. But I think in answering it, we should operate under the assumption that the training you're doing is sound, you know, right. uh, yeah. and and, the, and that you're properly prepared physically. Because uh, I think obviously that's a wormhole to go down if we if we started talking about that. But let, let's assume right. all that has gone pretty well, and you really should be able to race well, right? Um, in a vacuum, anyway. Um, I, I would say that the majority of the issues caused by quote unquote, a poor race could have been avoided had you set the proper goal in the first place. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that, look, you have to set the bar high, but it has to be, you have to be living in what I call optimistic reality, you know? If you're living mm-hmm. in fantasy land and you're setting goals that you're not physically capable of meeting, then you're setting yourself up for failure time and time again. And that gets old. And then you're starting to talk about that big time negative cycle. Then you're starting to talk about questioning everything. Then you're starting to talk about that dark hole that you mentioned. Um, I, I think part of the reason we've been able to have success, particularly the last two years, which has been really good for us, is we've sort of gotten rid of this. Uh, obsession that our sport seems to have with times and we've really focused on racing and being excited about racing and being excited about the challenge of making decisions on the fly and, and covering moves and entering races where we knew that those were the kind of challenges we were facing not these time trials where it's so black and white and it's either uh you run x time or you failed um and, you know, uh, that, that seems to have been a formula for success for us. Uh, and then, and then if you, then, then the way you analyze a race is different and it's a little bit more nuanced. Maybe you would say where, okay, you finished sixth, you know, you made these decisions. This was a poor decision. This was a good decision. This led to this, this led to that. And you're able to um, get a little bit deeper into the analysis as opposed to I wanted to run 32 minutes and I ran 32.08, so I'm a huge failure. You know, um, right. there's too much, there's too much of that. And honestly, there's a lot of that on the age group side of things because you don't, you're not in the same position that the pros are where the pros are trying to win the race, you know, and so, or the they're trying to be on the podium <laughs> or whatever. They're trying to, yeah, exactly, exactly. In many right, cases, right. the age group, 
the, the time is all you have. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't like that. And so, yeah. um, so they get really, really hell bent on a certain time. And again, then it's just this big failure if you don't hit it. And I would just encourage people to be realistic, optimistically realistic about their goal setting in the first place. I think so often that's the challenge is, you know, we want things before the body is ready to produce them. And we set a goal five months out, four months out, three months out, whatever it might be. Uh, and it's it's sort of arbitrary, you know, and we're chasing this time instead of letting our fitness uh, tell us what the time goal should be. And anyway, right. I, I could go on and on. But that, that to answer your question in the in the most simple way possible, I would say that if you're consistently not hitting your goals, maybe you're not the problem. Maybe your goals are the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I man, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's such a, you know, and it's, it's like as a goal oriented, there's a juxtaposition, right? Like as a goal oriented sport or discipline, right? Whatever, whatever your discipline is inside of this endurance sports umbrella, th the nature of, of, of the sport uh, or the discipline is that it's goal oriented, right? Like you, you execute training based on a goal and a proximity to that goal. And there's a buildup and a, you know, all, so you, you have this goal, but you can't let that goal, you can't let that goal be the primary driver, right? I almost feel like there's, there's like, you know, and you kind of touched on it, like there's goals within those goals, right? Like, did you uh, like, what are the takeaways, right? Did, like, was your race execution uh you know better than last right was your you know did you pace better did you uh did you feel more confident in your race strategy um you know and and even and so even if the time is or the placing right versus going out and say okay i, I like i want to win this race and if i don't win uh it's a complete failure like you have these uh you have these goals within goals right uh and, and also being like you said optimistically realistic about whether or not that top tier goal is is the one is the correct one to have right um i i think cuz that sets you up for success m mentally and emotionally right cuz we have to think about like we have to think about that link between you go out on race day you're going to feel a certain way physically but there's there's kind of a tail on the other end of that, right? That is the, the, the fallout and backlash potentially of the mental, emotional side of things. Um, and so, right. Like setting. Yeah. I just, I think that's, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think about that all the time. And I talk about that <laughs> anybody, you know, any athlete who's probably ever talked to me can attest to that as I, I talk about that a lot. Like, yeah, great. Like we want you to win races. We want you, but, but like, maybe it's not this season, right? Like maybe it's next season. Like let's have a, let's have a this season goal, but let's also have like a three seasons from now goal, right? Let's have a five seasons from now goal because it might, we might have to let the body build into these, these higher level goals. And all the while we can check these boxes of these kind of, you know, secondary and tertiary goals to let us know you're still making progress. Well, um, I'll just add one thing. I'll just add one thing. What should the goal always be, right? To get the most out of ourselves. That's that's what we're trying. That's the that's the question we're trying to answer. How good could right. we possibly be? And right. it, you know, I'll tell you this. We've talked about this as a group. 
we know we're hyper-motivated people. And the, the folks you're working with in, in your coaching business, they're, they're, they're paying for a coach. We know they're hyper-motivated. They don't lack the ability to set goals, okay? That, that's, not, that's not a question. The, the, the thing is, let's agree on something, and let's agree on the fact that we want to get the most out of ourselves. That's the best feeling in a race. And you can look at yourself in the mirror the next day. You know what that means. You know right. when you made the right decisions. You know when you left it all out there. And that is just the best feeling. And I hate that that's taken away when people set unrealistic goals. That's such a bummer. Um, and I hate, that, I hate that sometimes they don't even give themselves a chance because they pick this unrealistic goal. They set out the, at this pace that's unrealistic. And they don't even get to make those cool decisions late in the race because they're already fried. They're already toast. The, the right. coolest thing in a race is to set the right pace goal so that three quarters of the way through, you're really hurting, you know, but in a way that you can overcome, you know, in a mm -hmm. way that, in a way that, you know, the body's sending these distress signals. I'm really tired. I think you should slow down, but you're able to override them and finish strong. That's the best feeling. And you don't even give yourself that chance if you went out way too fast. You're just done and no amount of willpower can overcome it. But if you right. set the right optimistically real, uh, realistic goal, and you set it up where, hey, I know that it's going to be tough over these la this last quarter of the race, but I'm going to make those tough decisions, and I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to bust my butt, and I'm going to finish with nothing left. Um, that's the best, you know? And, and so, I don't know. I would just say, in addition to this, what you're saying about being patient and having long-term goals, I should say that, that should always be the goal, short-term and long-term. I'm going to get the best on myself on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's so true. I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, so many people shortchange themselves because they, uh, it, it, yeah, they, they didn't, you know, goal setting was not appropriate, you know? And yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you nailed it. Like that is the best feeling and, and something, you know, I think it, you should all, you know, everybody should shoot for is like at the end of a race, you should just finish feeling you should be able to answer the question like you know was that a hundred percent right like yeah. and if that's if the answer is yes that's a win right like because totally. because you you know because you got the you never know who's gonna like i mean you do know sometimes but you know like you don't know who's gonna show up to a race like what you're you know what the conditions are gonna be right i mean you you build 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 and like the race the race day itself is so up in the air right like there's so many things that can that can happen so if you just focus on going a hundred percent, right. You and control what sure. you can control. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. so, oh man. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I mean, I, I could talk about that forever. Cause I think that's, uh, I just think that, I mean, it's such a big part of it, right? Like, uh, like the, the race execution and then subsequently what does or doesn't happen if things go right or wrong. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think, you know, it sounds like one of the like the primary thing that you're doing with your group and that keeps those athletes that you're working with centered and focused is that appropriate goal setting right like it's rooted in like a uh you guys are on the same page right like they know what you want out of the race you know what is you know they they know what's expected of them and and you know and and vice versa um and I think that's such a big part of 
longevity, right? Like not, not a one and done or, you know, from a season perspective or a race perspective, which unfortunately, you know, we see happen, uh, more than, uh, more than I'd, you know, like to, uh, not like to admit, but more than I, you know, I hate seeing, you know, these folks that we talk to that are just in and out of the sport because they, they, uh, they, they didn't go into it with appropriate expectations. So, um, so w- I'll switch gears a little bit. Cause again, I know you and I could talk about that kind of forever. Cause it's such a, such a key part, but, um, I, I think, I, I guess kind of to further like juxtapose, uh, uh, the, the pro athlete side with, you know, age group side. And I'll, we'll use that just kind of as like a catch all term. I realize there's a mm-hmm. lot of different abilities in, inside of this kind of quote unquote age group athlete. Um, but um, I think, you know, when we, when we talk to and listen to these folks that are outside of, of the professional uh, realm of, of sport, you know, it seems to be, and I, I hear this a lot, um, that, you know, we'd, we'd like to think that there's some sort of standout trait or, or attribute that we can strive to develop, right? Like in ourselves as, as, you know, you know, recreational athletes, um, that would kind of flip the switch in terms of these things that we've talked about, um, motivation, uh, resiliency, drive, um, you know, uh, grit, right. Your athlete, Stephanie is, has, um, you know, kind of coined that. And I think it's really great, you know, kind of capturing some of really what we're trying to get at. Um, like, and so I'm curious, I guess, you know, is there, uh, there's not a silver bullet, right. And this kind of picks up, or I guess is a continuation of what we were just talking about, but, you know, do you see a common thread among these high level athletes or, or, you know, not even your athletes, but just because you're in that space, people that, that you, uh, interact with, you know, is there a common thread among these athletes that, that, you know, kind of, as it relates to, to drive and motivation, right? Like, cause I think, you know, what I, the way it's, you know, always kind of described to a lot of folks that we talk to is you know hey i'm here like i'm this level athlete you know it's almost like you know they're outside looking in right and and these top tier athletes are you know they train more right they're more fit they're doing all this you know all this volume they're doing you know have they have all this capacity uh to do the work and they stay at it season after season and you know they build up and they they reach these really high level goals and you know the top tier of the sport um and I, you know, I almost feel like when it's described, you know, from these age group athletes, it's like this, you know, they're kind of looking in, looking for, you know, some attribute that they can develop within themselves through training or through uh, self-care or, you know, meditation or whatever it is um, to to flip that switch, you know, and I, I'm sure you would say that, you know, that's not the case, but I'm just curious, like, is there, I mean, you know, cause there is like a, there is a consistent, these are, you know, very, uh, you know, very driven, very successful people. Typically these athletes tend to be successful in other realms. Um, 
like is you know is do you see any of that like is there a thread or some sort of like you know kind of uh personality trait or something that you know is is keeping these types of of athletes and individuals hyper motivated and driven for these really long periods of time i think that they typically the folks who have a long career on the professional side they're not attaching their self-worth to running for one thing they're able to step back and you know realize that their loved ones still love them either way and that <laughs> they st they still have a life outside of this and they they don't get uh too caught up in you know um this time or that time and they don't let that define them and they they do it because they're intrinsically motivated and they enjoy to compete they enjoy competing you know they enjoy the competition they they're not fearful of it they're nervous of course and they have a lot of adrenaline pumping on race day but they're not fearful of it they enjoy it they welcome it and welcoming that pain and welcoming the tough parts of the race are certainly traits of the best endurance athletes in the world um, and that's a trait that maybe can be innate I, I suppose for some but I think it can be learned as well I think a really Good. honest self-analysis <laughs> especially if you're someone that's struggling with the competition piece um, can lead to your figuring out some of the detriments you know some of the things that are holding you back and oftentimes it is just fear you know and because it's such an important part of your life you're you're fearful that if it goes wrong you'll you'll be depressed you're fearful that if it goes wrong people that were counting on you or cheering for you will be disappointed and all those things start to weigh on you and you got to throw that all away and just strip it down to basic schoolyard competition you know playing playing kickball at recess you know i mean it really it really is just a sport you know and so it's no different than when you challenged your your best friend to a race across the playground <laughs> it's just right. you know we make yeah, yeah. we make it we make it out to be way more than it is and um you know being excited about the competition piece of it is probably a, a trait that i would say is um pretty universal among the best endurance athletes in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you brought, you said something that, uh, kind of hit home or, or I guess, you know, is something that I found myself talking more about is that there, there tends to be, uh, or I've, I've, I've realized or recognized that there's a kind of a, a, a conversation with athletes um not it's expected at, at the at the highest levels but but under that or, or below that there's this conversation that if if uh or, or i should say there's a misconception that if you're if you're in pain right if there's there's you know and you describe like that that level of discomfort but but it's not so bad that you can't push forward but there's a misconception that if that exists that you weren't fit enough, right? That somehow fitness overrides or trumps this, this pain. And I, you know, and I've, I've said it, you know, very flatly, like, 
if you're doing it right, it hurts, right? Like that's, yeah. I mean, you have to love and kind of seek out that, that pain. And, and it's that, it's the part for me that, that is the most exciting about endurance sports and keeps me connected to, to it. It is that, is that like the mental piece, right? Like you're, everything says quit, but you, you find that next, you know, that next level, right. Or, or that next kind of place you can go and kind of shut that down and realize that you're, there's more left. Right. But yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things, uh, you know, we've gotten, um, there's just really, uh, you know, things are pretty cozy, right? Like people get, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you have these great like indoor training environments and you have, you know, I, I, you know, like you don't have to be overwhelmingly the pursuit of endurance sports is not, uh, is not that uncomfortable, right? So people have made this uh, connection. Some, some people uh, have made this kind of link uh, I think mistakenly that that with fitness comes comes no pain, right? But comes the means on race day that you feel that it's flawless, right? Or that it feels so fluid that you're just able to override the discomfort, and and all that it means is you now you've just heightened, right? You're just moving faster through that pain, right? Like if you used to do the you know you used to do the thing in 45 minutes and you're more fit. Now it takes you 40 minutes, but it hurts just as bad. Right. Um, oh, yeah. If you're, if you're doing it right. Right. And I think you, I mean, I, I know that's, I think that's a good, like the professional, professional athletes or athletes, there's certainly an attribute there that where they, the expectation is discomfort. And like you said, like, yeah, they're nervous, but they almost, look forward to that discomfort right like that lets them know that they're giving the the 100% that's that's expected right both from themselves and from you as their coach um and i think you know maybe that's a piece of the puzzle right like if you if you sh- if you pull back from that or you shy away from from that 100% or from that pain you, you know that's then you shortchange yourself right or then you've the you've lost sight of the process, you know, which I think is such an important piece. Um, no, I think, I think you're right. And I think uh, there has to be a lot of honesty between coach and athlete. One of the things I try to remind athletes of whenever we have a race talk, you know, strategy session, the week of the race is to remind them that, Hey, at some point this is going to hurt, you know, cause I do, I do think you're exactly right. No matter what level uh, age group or pro there, there is this, I think there is a, sometimes people forget that, Hey, this is going to hurt real bad. They envision. And that was, that was to my point about goal setting earlier was they, um, they envision this perfect scenario. They envision everything going absolutely perfectly. They feel great. And I think thinking about that too much, and I'm not trying to knock visualization, but it, it needs to be honest visualization. And oftentimes it's not, they're just picturing these perfect scenarios and feeling great. And then when, when the point in the race presents itself where all of a sudden that's not the case, which should happen, they freak right. out. They yeah. think something's yeah. wrong to your point. Nothing's wrong. This is exactly how it's supposed to go. But you just didn't yeah. – you just weren't honest about what was really going to happen. And so, no, you're, you're totally right. Totally right. Yeah. Yeah, I describe it as uh, – I use the term uh, uh, micro decisions, right? Like the, oh, this yeah. – 
part of racing and I, you know, I didn't make that up, but you know, that, 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 that's such a, that's such a big piece of it. Like, in, you know, to your point or, you know, th- that idea of visualization, like, yeah, absolutely. It's important. And it's important to, to get yourself in, in the right mental space, you know, even like before a hard workout, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a key session and, you know, you, as athletes, you, you know, you have the ability or, or you, you put a lot of weight on those workouts, right? So throughout the week, you're kind of like counting down, right? You're like, okay, like, you know, that they like, yeah. you know, two more sleeps, right? Like yeah, <laughs> until, yeah. my, you know, until my workout or whatever, and you get there and, you know, like who knows, right? It's hot. It starts raining. You know, if you live like, you know, you guys train in the flag, like, it's dumping snow, right? Like you're out on Lake Mary and it's, you know, 14 degrees and snowing sideways. Like, well, that wasn't how you visualized it, but you still have to execute, right? Like you still have yeah. to give a hundred percent. And so, yeah, that, that, that balance between, yeah, like, you know, put yourself in the right mental space, like visualize, but also be adaptable and be able to make those micro decisions and feel confident and comfortable in making those decisions in real time you know, that's one of the things I talk to my athletes about is, yeah, you know, like, let's come up with a pacing strategy. Let's talk about the data. Let's talk about the details, talk about execution. But then let's also train to make sure you can throw all of that out the window if and when the, that needs to happen, right? Because yeah. race day is super dynamic and, and who knows, right? Who, who knows how you're going to feel? You're going to have to make these decisions based on how you're feeling right? And what the field is doing, right? Like you might have a great strategy to, especially like with a, I mean, well, running race too, but uh, you know, any sort of like mass start race, you might have a great like pacing strategy set out. Well, the field goes out, you know, comes out of the gate, like lightning, well, you got to respond, right? Or make peace with being mid pack, right? So Mm -hmm. there there goes your pacing strategy and you have to be able to, to kind of mentally cope with that and make that decision in real time. And know that it's going to hurt, and that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I think that's um, that's such a that's the kind of piece that I try to connect, help folks connect the dots uh, with. Is like, yeah, you know, let's train, let's train appropriately, but let's also train you to be able to make those to be, you know, mentally and emotionally resilient so that when things go sideways, which they will inevitably do if you show up enough times, uh, you need to be able to adapt. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and not, and not be derailed and not, you know, be, uh, you know, so thrown for a loop that, that you can't bounce back. Right. You, if things don't go as planned or, you know, both from a, from an execution or a, you know, personal performance perspective or just a race day um, thing. Um, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of our, uh, that's our time. I think it's been a good, uh, good chat. I really, uh, I, I know you and I could go on forever and ever about, uh, about this stuff. Cause it's, um, stuff we've, uh, you know, kind of spent, uh, spent our whole lives, uh, doing, but, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate your, uh, your insight and your feedback. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's like I said. I think it's awesome, and uh, I really uh, respect what, uh, what what you guys are doing and and what you've accomplished. So uh, thanks for taking the time. No problem, Taylor. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for tuning into the first episode of Endurance Minded. 
I'm beyond excited to have this podcast off the ground and really enjoyed kicking things off with Ben. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as directly through the Thomas Endurance Coaching website. Again, that's thomasendurancecoaching.com. If you like what you're here, please rate, subscribe, and share this episode so we can get the word out. There's a lot more great speakers lined up, and I hope you're looking forward to what we have to say and the topics we're going to cover. Uh, I know I am. Thanks again for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next time.